0: Psalm 55, verses 1 to 8. Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught because of what my enemy is saying, because of the threats of the wicked. For they bring down suffering on me and assail me in their anger. My heart is in anguish within me. The terrors of death have fallen on me. Fear and trembling have beset me. Horror has overwhelmed me. I said, oh, that I had the wings of a dove. I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away and stay in the desert. I would hurry to my place of shelter, far from the tempest and storm.
1: Last week we were on holiday in Cornwall and on a couple of the good days we decided to go down to the beach. And one day the waves were coming in and crashing in thick and fast on Butte Beach. And so we decided to do a bit of wave jumping and it was great fun trying to dodge the waves as they came in at unpredictable heights and at unpredictable speeds. Others uh, who were around were trying to surf, stay on top of the waves, and usually they were having some success for a while until a wave came in and uh, they capsized spectacularly into the water. Those who were doing um, most successfully seemed to be um, in dinghies, and they were able to stay on top of the waves and largely stay afloat, no matter how big the waves were, and avoid being capsized. I don't know whether you've been feeling like you've been knocked about by the waves of life recently? If you did, it would be no surprise because um, we're told that the main trigger points for feeling overwhelmed and anxious are firstly a feeling of uncertainty, of not what, not knowing what's going on and not being able to plan. And uh, it's been a very uncertain time, hasn't it? We haven't been able to know what we're able to do, uh, when we're able to do it, who we're able to see, when we're able to see them and where. On top of that, m- more recently, it's been difficult to plan any holidays and going away because of the different quarantine rules. And those of you who've been waiting for exam results will have been um, left with the added uncertainty of not knowing how they might be upgraded or downgraded um, or how an appeals process might continue. Uncertainty is a trigger point for anxiety. The second trigger point can just uh, be a feeling of threat, threat against your health, and we're in the midst of a global pandemic or a threat against uh, your well-being, your job, uh, your economic prospects, and there's a lot of fear around the economy at the moment, and a sense of threat against our well-being can be another trigger for anxiety. Um, Thirdly, just having to go through a lot of change can be one of those waves that feels like it can overwhelm us. If we go through a lot of change over a short period of time uh, or very deep uh, change and a lot of it over a long period of time, um, it can lead to a feeling of being overwhelmed and feel like we're drowning in anxiety. Some of us are more prone to anxiety than others. I was reading a book called The Worry Book by Will van der Hart, and in it it says that about 5% of the population Will struggle with anxiety. Most of the time it's called generalised anxiety disorder and we can uh, struggle with anxiety and sometimes not really know why. A further 10% of people will struggle with anxiety because it's related to um, perhaps depression they're going through or um, um, another issue of mental health. And on top of that another 17% of people uh, will struggle with lower levels, less severe forms of anxiety but from time to time anxiety that affects our well-being. Um, and Recently it's got worse because of course with the lockdown um, more people have been struggling with anxiety and people who perhaps never struggled in the past with anxiety have been struggling and um, statistics suggest that twice as many people have been struggling with anxiety than they usually would have done before lockdown. And whether we're someone who is prone to anxiety or perhaps you've just been feeling it uh, more acutely recently, this can be a real problem for those of us who are Christians and feel we shouldn't Um, be feeling anxious. Uh, We read in the Bible those commands that say do not be anxious, do not be afraid, do not worry. Um, And we can also um, remember what peace is meant to be one of the fruits of the Spirit, isn't it? And Jesus promised a peace that would pass all understanding. Why do we struggle like this? In fact, one book that's written from a Christian perspective on depression and anxiety is simply entitled, I'm not supposed to feel this way. Um, Feeling anxious as a Christian can uh, sometimes lead us to feeling uh, a failure or feeling like we're not measuring up and there must be something wrong with us if we're struggling in this way. And yet I want to challenge us that um, struggling with anxiety is very much a problem that we will face from time to time we're human. Jesus, uh, in the Garden of Gethsemane, he said this, I am overwhelmed to the point of death. Paul said that he struggled with anxiety and his daily concern for the churches that he planted. Anxiety is part of what it is to be human. And uh, the psalm that we've looked at today is a psalm of David where he struggled with his anxiety. Uh, and this psalm can give us the language and the tools to process and express our anxiety to God and to be able to journey through it to discover the peace that passes understanding because those commands, do not be afraid, do not worry, do not fear, they're not thou shalt not commands that are telling you not to sin. Worrying and feeling anxious is not a sin but the Bible wants us to find peace because anxiety is not good for us, It's not good for us to stay in a place where we feel overwhelmed and the waves around us. It's an encouragement to find peace and move on and protest anxiety and not to stay there. So let's look at this psalm, Psalm 55, David's psalm where he expresses his anxiety and gives us uh, tools to process our anxiety and bring it. And as we've just had read, the psalmist opens with a great cry of anxiety. David says this words: Listen to my prayer, O God. Do not ignore my plea. Hear me and answer me. My thoughts trouble me and I am distraught. These are the words of someone who is in emotional turmoil. David's reign is under threat, he's got enemies all around him, uh, slandering him, trying to trip him up, uh, trying to grab his throne. But not just enemies from outside, also friends are attacking him from inside. He says this in verses 12 and 13, if an enemy were insulting me, I could endure it. If a foe were raising himself against me, I could hide from him. But it is you, a man like myself, my companion, my close friend, with whom I once enjoyed sweet fellowship. Here a friend who he used to worship with and pray together has turned against him and um, I don't know whether you're someone who really struggles when relationships fall apart or when there's some um, relationship stress and tension. For those of us who uh, place a very high value on relationship integrity and honesty and closeness um, when relationships fall apart that can really feel like a trigger point for anxiety. And There can be other relationship stress as well, I was chatting to a few people uh, a couple of weeks ago, where um, their jobs have been uh, placed under threat and there's threats of redundancy in their workplaces, and that's created a sense of tension and a really toxic atmosphere in the place that they work. Um, if you're in a situation where there are lots of relationship tensions, it'll be no surprise you're struggling with anxiety. David then goes on to talk about the anxiety he feels when he sees the trouble in the world, and you only need to turn on the news and to see the headlines and see the great turmoil in the world, whether that's in Lebanon or protests in America, or the uh, news coming in about latest coronavirus figures. Um, When you see uh, what's going on in the world, that can also be a trigger point for anxiety. David says this, um, I see violence and strife in the city, Um, I see malice and abuse within it. Destructive forces are at work in the city, threats and lies never leave the streets. Um, When we're feeling anxious uh, and we see what's in the news, it can almost amplify the turmoil that is within. But it's also the case that when we can see the news, that can be a trigger itself for feeling anxious and overwhelmed. In fact, one piece of advice I would give is if you're struggling with a a time of great anxiety and you're feeling overwhelmed about the waves of life crashing in, uh, really uh, watch carefully how much you look at the news. Particularly, don't watch it first thing in the morning or last thing at night, just because when you go to sleep. So David is struggling with uh, many trigger points for anxiety, and uh, let's look at how it then affects how he feels. He says, "This my thoughts trouble me, and I am distraught." He, he can't switch off his brain; his mind is racing. Um, he probably can't sleep. He can't switch off. Um, his his thought processes are all over the place, and that can often be a sign of anxiety when we can't stop. Uh, thinking about one thing that might then lead to another thing, might lead to another thing that um, causes us anxiety and worry and concern. He says, his heart is in anguish, terrors of death assail me, verse four, fear and trembling have beset me, horror has overwhelmed me, verse five. Um, his emotions uh, are leaking out all over the place. And, um, He's really struggling. And um, when we struggle with anxiety, when we suddenly feel overwhelmed, um, our other emotions can suddenly feel um, amplified and uh, enhanced, particularly uh, those emotions, maybe sadness and fear. Fear and trembling can overwhelm me. And uh, I just want to be honest there's been times in my life that I've really struggled with anxiety. Um, perhaps I'm more prone to anxiety because I was brought up by a father who really struggled. Uh, with his own emotional well-being and uh, struggled with anxiety himself for many years. Uh, but there was one period of, in my ministry um, a few years back where um, we just face, uh, I, I was just having to face two or three very, very traumatic and acute pastoral situations, the like of which I'd not experienced in uh, many years of ministry previous. At almost exactly the same time, I discovered uh, that a friend and colleague I'd worked with in the past had been lying over many years. That leave His job and I felt let down and I felt betrayed. Um, On top of that, again, all within just a few uh, weeks, uh, there was a financial challenge in the church that uh, made it look that the finances of the church would be very precarious uh, for the next few weeks, months. And having these waves crash over me almost simultaneously, uh, almost at the same time, um, it felt overwhelming. Suddenly, um, I felt fearful. I felt anxious. I couldn't sleep. I couldn't switch off. Um, And it felt like things were crashing down, and uh, it was also, how is this going to turn out? What's going to happen in the future? Uh, How will I survive this, this feeling of being overwhelmed? And what do we do when we feel anxious like that? Well, we can try and pretend it doesn't exist. We can swallow our anxiety and try and show like we're still in control. And that is not a good piece of advice when we swallow our anxiety. Our body keeps score and it can leak out in all sorts of health problems mm-hmm. from depression, migraines, headaches and ulcers. If we swallow our anxiety, it's simply, uh, it, our bodies simply have to cope with this in other ways. Um, another way people might try and cope with it is just by letting anxiety free um, reign and um, let their emotions run wild and again that's not a very good idea lead to us lashing out, getting angry um, with the wrong people, uh, kicking the cat, shouting at the kids. That is not a great way to deal with our anxiety. And another way uh, David refers to uh, in verse 6, we can feel like we just simply want to escape. Oh, that I had the wings of a dove, that I would fly away and be at rest. I would flee far away, verse 7, and stay in the desert. And that feeling of just wanting to escape, just wanting to get away. and um, uh, Perhaps if you felt overwhelmed, that can be the time where you just feel like, I just want to give up. I just want to leave my job, move house, make some big life change, uh, just trying to try and escape. Um, And if you can't escape physically, then uh, some people turn to escapist sins, maybe trying to self-medicate through taking drugs, um, alcohol, um, and other escapist sins. That's when anxiety and feeling overwhelmed can lead to sin. David chooses an entirely different path. He chooses to express his anxiety to God, not inappropriately to other people, to a boss or a spouse or to his children, but he expresses how he's really feeling, not how he feels he should be feeling, but he expresses how he really is feeling to God. He articulates and expresses to God his anxiety. And by doing so, he is able to process it with God and discover the God who we can cast our anxiety on him, in the words of 1 Peter. We can cast our anxiety on him as he cares for us. David uses the language of prayer. He's very honest, he's very raw with God, but he expresses his anxiety to God. He doesn't sanitize his feelings. He says how he really feels, overwhelmed, thoughts distress me, terrors of death fail me. He expresses how he really feels, and therefore he turns his cares into and that's the first way we can begin to find stability in the midst of our anxiety. It's like putting the dinghy out and be able to float on top. Turn our cares to prayers and tell God how we're really feeling. Um, another way of being able to put the dinghy out and be able to just begin to float on top of the waves that are crashing um, is to turn our angst. Turn our cares to prayers, tell God how we're really feeling, but turn our angst to thanks. Um, in Philippians, Paul tells us to not be anxious about anything, but with prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present our requests to God. And so in the New Testament, uh, we're given a language to be honest with God, to turn our cares to prayers, but also to do so with thanksgiving. Thanksgiving um, is the language that begins to root ourselves back into the things of God. It's like an anchor that goes down. And I remember in the sea front at Bude, uh, the one thing that was not being bashed around, uh, that was not being capsized, um, was a boy in the bay. And Of course the boy was being anchored to the seabed floor. It couldn't be capsized because it was really anchored. And so it bobbed about and it floated on the waves, but even better than the dinghy, it was not going to be capsized. And Thanksgiving um, enabled us to put our roots back down into the things of God. And we can thank God for the moment, getting rooted in the moment, thanking God for our breath, thanking God for our life, thanking God for the food in front of us, thanking God for our friends, turning this moment into a moment of thanksgiving. If we're feeling like we're holding on to our faith by our fingertips, saying thank God for our fingertips. So we need to be able to cast our anxiety onto God, and we do that by turning our cares into prayers, turning our angst. Into thanks. So practically, how do we do this Um, when we're in the midst of that emotional turmoil where maybe our thoughts are racing all over the place where we feel overwhelmed by the whirlpool of anxiety within us? um, How can we put into practice this casting our anxiety onto God? And I just want to give us three tips how we can better navigate through times of turmoil where, if you like, we can place a dinghy, create a dinghy so that we can float on top of the waves of life rather than being capsized. And the first tip is simply this, find still places. When we're feeling overwhelmed, find still moments in the day, maybe at the beginning or the end of each day, or if you're going through a very uh, stressful day with lots of meetings and maybe stressful interactions, maybe in the middle of the day, find still places where you can stop, root yourself back into God, uh, bring him how you're feeling, um, express um, your cares into prayers, uh, where you can thank him for being with you and receive Spirit afresh. Um, still places through the day that can be an oasis in the midst of the storm, little calm um, moments in the midst of the turbulence. Secondly, find safe people, safe people. You know when we're feeling overwhelmed, we can feel like we want to run from pre- from people. Away from our problems whereas actually what we need to do is run to people and share our problems um, and find safe people who you can be honest with and open with and who can speak truth into your life. When I was going through uh, that time where I felt very overwhelmed, like I felt like um, like I was drowning, I just phoned up a friend, a Christian friend who I'd known for many years um, who I knew loved me very dearly and he said, can I spend 24 hours with you? Um, can I talk to you? Can I pray with you? Um, I we just go out for a beer together uh, because I just need someone to talk to. And I was able to talk out how, how I was feeling. He was able to help me see a better perspective. He was able to pray with me. Um, and you will need people like that—people who you trust and who are safe, people who you know when they speak into your life, you trust what they say. Maybe they can help you see a better godly perspective. Uh, maybe they can advise you to start to go and see a counsellor, or maybe if uh, necessary, see a GP and start taking medication. But uh, safe people will help you process better and to hear the voice of God in a way that we wouldn't be able to otherwise. So it still places safe people, and thirdly, find a sacred perspective. Um, we need to begin to see um, how we're uh, navigating through life in this eternal story of the kingdom of God that we're part of. Uh, to begin to be able to see everything from a kingdom of God perspective and an eternal perspective. Because it's true that so often the struggles and the anxieties we face uh, can feel very, very big until we realize the even bigger story of God that we're part of. One of the things I know is that whenever I'm on a plane and I look down at the ocean, even the waves could be 30 or 40 or 50 feet big, but they look pretty small at 35,000 feet. It might be that there are storms raging at ground level, but 35,000 feet, it's always sunny. And when we begin to start to shape our mind and the way we respond to the challenges of life with a sacred perspective, with God's perspective, as Thea was reminding us last week, we can begin to start seeing things as God sees them, and we see ourselves as part of this bigger story. Um, and then we can begin to find peace and, and stability and calmness on top of the waves of life. It doesn't stop the storms coming, um, but it can be that we can navigate them like a dinghy floating on top, and even better than that, like a buoy anchored to the seabed. because Jesus said, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow Will have enough worries of its own. Jesus was promising that we'd have trouble today and we'd have trouble tomorrow. We can't stop the storms coming, but we can uh, create a way of responding so that even if we're prone, more prone to anxiety than others, we can get less prone to anxiety as we find still places, safe people, and we get a sacred perspective so that we can begin to navigate better the storms of life. Because when we realize the eternal perspective, when we see things from God's perspective, we realize that he holds us safe and he holds us with a love that is stronger than death and that can give us eternal hope Keep us anchored in the storms of life we know whatever we go through we will never be capsized but always safe with God